Hello and welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune and this man joining me, he's back for the second time. You know him from his show Mid Mod Money on YouTube. Welcome back, Mr. John Evans. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> oh man, thank you. I feel like Mr. Cotter right now. Well, Mr. Cotter, welcome back. And uh, what? Uh, tell the tell these good people what your show is on YouTube before we uh-huh. jump into it. Well, I uh, have a show on YouTube that is called Mid Mod Money, and it is basically a uh, uh, sh- kind of showing people how to uh, flip vintage uh, and mid-century modern uh, accoutrements, you know, whatever it may be, housewares, end tables, lamps, things that'll fit in a Toyota Yaris. Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. Anything that could fit in a Toyota Yaris. So just under you know, a, uh, a, a, a nice, like a, like less than a jukebox, but more than say, uh, what could I, what I fit, I fit some crazy things and I, I fit a full size video game in a, 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 what's the game? Uh, yeah, I fit a full size video game in my old, uh, Toyota, but that was a XB. What was a Scion? You know, those to- those cars that look like a, a toaster. Yeah, those square ones. And it's amazing. I, I've on my third Prius and it's amazing what you can fit if you fold the seats down. Right, right. I'm getting a lot of mileage out of the seats down and tables, yeah. uh, side tables, uh, floor lamps. Well, I'm, I'm watching your uh, it's on in the background, but it's Mid Mod Money episode number 12. Uh, the Viking ship, but you have this painting that has got to be as tall as you are. Right. Yeah, just about right. This thing was like four feet, uh, you know, four feet high, four feet by four feet. Um, real c- cool, too. Um, and that's like, that's the thing. Uh, that's what I try to do with the show is educate people. Hey, if you see th- this kind of thing, this type of thing, pick it up because it's very easy to flip on Facebook marketplace or uh, however you uh, might do it. Uh, I, you know, I have an, I have a booth at an antique mall that's uh, doing very well. It's like a large space and I'm looking, you know, I'm on a waiting list for two other booths at uh, two other antique malls. So I'm like trying to expand this thing because if I could do this, you know, in three locations, I'd be, uh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> who knows what the, who knows what the future holds you got an empire going sounds I like do. on the verge well yeah. yeah i'm also you know i'm slowly building a uh, website that's kind of like i don't know it's like it's not it's not an ebay thing but it's like uh i don't know almost or very hard to find vintage items mm-hmm. uh, mid mod market which is ties is going to tie in with the uh, mid mod money on youtube and uh, some of the stuff that I have found over the years is truly like you can't find it on the all of the Internet. If you wanted to buy one, you'd be SOL, as, yeah. as, as my parents like to used to like to say. So they uh, I thought that, you know, if you want to pay a premium, you know, for an item that can't be found anywhere else, maybe that's maybe that's another avenue for me. You know, mm-hmm. cut eBay out of the deal, cut Etsy out of the deal. What am I paying these guys for? I'm the one yeah. who found, you know, you're, you're doing the work. And, and <laughs> just to reiterate this, is your second time being on the show. So you, you're not going to have to listen to that one to listen to this one, but I would encourage you because John uh, and I, you know, we have a talk of what stuff you should be looking for. And this is uh, what his show is about is, Oh, you want to flip stuff or you want to see some cool stuff. We talked about that on last episode. Um, and uh, what, what I'm going to ask is you, Facebook marketplace are there, are there any other places that you sell in person besides your, your like your your antique mall booth, but like a website? Um, no, I, I do eBay, and mm-hmm. uh, and eBay has been very good to me over the years. Uh, and their policies change, and you know uh, they're never going to so charge less. I'm not. They're never going to get less of a cut. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, the price is never going down on eBay, mm-hmm. but. Um, so 
So, but it's a necessary thing. I mean, it's the true equalizer. Like if you want to find out what something is truly worth, put it on eBay, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, because if you want to get the most out of it, the most eyes on it, uh, that's the way to go. Uh, Especially because there are people who literally search the same thing over and over looking for a specific thing. And if, you know, if you happen to have it, uh, it can get crazy with people, things you wouldn't, you know, one of my episodes on my show was the uh, the Danish modern bird, uh, mm-hmm. which was just a little carved wooden bird from the 60s that, you know, I knew was worth something. I didn't know it was going to be worth 215 bucks, you know, and that's why eBay is great, you know, because I could have very easily put that in my booth at uh, the antique mall for, you know, 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I would have been happy, you know, making six times my money on it, you know. But, but yeah, so with, that's with what eBay, the, it's like uh, when you see those uh, like a, in a movie and somebody's like, oh, the bidder from Russia is on the phone. Uh, that's that's <laughs> what eBay is, is like all over the world. You know, you can find whatever you right. want. And some some of that is now now I've got the item that I want. But then also for me, it's uh, half of the fun is finding the thing in the wild. Oh, that is. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I love. I love the dickering process where you, you know, try to get it for a little bit less than it's marked. I enjoy that part of it. Um, I love the uh, just I, I, I failed to mention this in a recent video that I recorded about this turquoise house fan. You know, those metal fans that were really dangerous in the 60s that you could yeah. put your whole arm into. Yeah, my I found a one of those. Re- <laughs> yeah, well. They're, they're worth a lot of money if the color is good, you know, like a turquoise is a real, you know, real home run out in the wild. And I, I found a really nice, because they're worth, you know, between 70 and 100 bucks. And uh, I found a really perfect condition one. And I thought it was, I thought I was on candid camera for a minute. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. what is this really, you know, so, uh, and I thought it was like a reproduction, but I, I started, you know, I checked it out, looked it up and down. The cord is obviously... Uh, of that early 60s era it was just perfect and i just you know i i i I truly enjoy that feeling of it's like finding 70 bucks you know Mm -hmm. i'm on another one of your videos in the background you've got uh, a barrel of like uh, baseball bats and a, a tennis racket but that barrel is like a penzoil barrel Yes. Yes. My dad had that barrel when I was a kid, and it would to me. I'm oh, just did like, he really? Was this piece of junk? And it was just like a garage thing. It was never like inside decoration <laughs> type thing, but it was like just a beat up barrel. Yeah, your your family's garbage is what I treasure. Is what I think the bottom line here. You could have just stopped at your family's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> your family's garbage. I'm quitting this podcast. No. Um, that barrel I found at a, you know, it's funny too. I remember almost everything where I found it. I was camping up north in uh, Pennsylvania, Cook Forest, beautiful countryside, but still couldn't keep me away from lurking around in, in town trying to find some kind of uh, flea markety situation. I'm pretty nosy that way. You know, if you've got yeah. stuff in your lawn, it's either, you know, I'm going to ask you questions about it if it's not for sale. My uh, my least favorite places are uh, it's a yard sale and then you pull up close and you realize it's just a bunch of junk that nobody's trying to sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always a that's it's a, a um, great moment when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Let's stop here and then you're like, oh no, that's just how they live all right. the time with all that junk in the front yard. But my mom is a big yard sale uh, person and always has been in my whole life. So up until I was an adult and can afford my own things, a lot of my stuff, uh, whether it be clothes or whatever, was secondhand from somebody's, you know, yard sale. You know, I did a yard sale, uh, leaving Minneapolis, Minnesota in about 2006 to go to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I I definitely, uh, people got some good deals because I was already in, I was already into this, uh, just acquiring vintage stuff so mm-hmm. i remember i sold this bar cart this is gonna kill me i sold this bar cart for about 75 bucks and today it's probably worth like three 350 it was um it was, it was like perfect condition red and white uh 
a Formica top with the squiggly lines. It had everything. Chrome. Doesn't I couldn't that, take it. I literally I was on limited space. <laughs> I got to get rid of this cart. Doesn't that haunt you when you either undersold something or you're like, you know what? I should have bought that. And I went back and it was gone. I think you and I talked about a, a painting you saw last time or there was a series of paintings you went back it was gone like yes yes, you all, yes well, in your head you're always like you drive past that place and you're like those sons of bitches <laughs> got my thing right right we didn't even get into the the uh, barrel ottoman that i uh, missed out on it was pandemic uh era early pandemic you know i'm wondering you know comedy gigs are you know hemorrhaging money uh, yep. because of the pandemic and i see this this uh, half barrel ottoman and on the top of it is is leather uh in different colored diamonds there's you know diamond pattern different mm-hmm. colors leather and perfect and it was 29 dollars. and i'm like man i'd love to i'd love to have this ottoman and uh geez 29 bucks so times were hard and then I, I i went back two days or like not even I saw it the night uh, before they closed. That's why I knew it was there. And I went back the next day about 15 minutes after they opened. And uh, the girl told me, oh, some guy just took this out of here, took that out of here. And, uh, you know, you don't forget that. No, No. yeah, I shook it off. I shook it off. I shook it off immediately. It's just they're just objects. Yeah, but sometimes like sometimes there's something that you might want for, you know, personal collection. Forget about the forget about the, the flip. flip. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine are always personal. I take it very personally. I know it's just. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I, I was on the road and there's a toy store I'd been to before. They got on Instagram. Here's what I got coming out tomorrow, which is a great business tactic because it's always like got eyes on your new product stuff. And I got there, was able to only get there at, you know, five in the afternoon. I was like, you still got that thing? And then he's like, no, somebody, and I knew it was a hot item. Somebody had already bought it. And then I was like, what'd you sell it for? And it was a great, great thing. And it just made it worse. I was like, I, I could have had that. And also at a good price, cheaper than I've seen it on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the ticket is the, yeah. is knowing what they go for on eBay and, uh, and, 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 and finding the stuff out in the wild really is where it's at. Um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those giant teenage mutant ninja turtle figures that I found, yep. I talked we talked about that. Um, but, uh, I, I was searching forever for this, uh, um, poster that was done by uh, a guy who used to do like, like Pearl Jam posters, like mm-hmm. tour posters, you know, the ones that kind of look retro like a uh, when artist, that whole thing right? was screen printed yeah well uh this guy was asked to do a painting for the uh the greatest or, or a great sports achievement he was commissioned uh for some kind of show each different artist was going to do a great sports achievement and he chose to do uh doc ellis's no hitter on lsd mm-hmm this painting of Doc Ellis on the mound with this crazy psychedelic uh, backdrop. And I think they made like, I don't even know how many, like 250, maybe 300 of the prints. And uh, man, I, for three years, four years, I looked on eBay for, for one of these. And finally one came up for sale for like 120 bucks. And I'm like, I'm buying this without question. And uh, because I, I've been searching for, I know the value of the thing. So if one were to come up on eBay, I would guess it would probably go for, you know, a couple, double that at least, maybe mm-hmm. triple. I have a Beastie Boys poster, same thing, like a tour poster, original, uh, that has Bruce Lee on the front that I searched for. Same thing. I searched forever for this old poster and finally found one. Do you... Uh... You strike me as a guy that likes to, records in general, you know, vinyl <laughs> records. Do you uh, do you buy records and what what are what should you look for and at least uh, quality? But also are there, are there ones out there that, you know, it's like, oh, this kind of vinyl, it's it was way more, you know, expensive than something else. Um, that's kind of an area that, uh, you know, most of the time when you're at Goodwills and stuff and you 
probably know this, that their record collection is truly like old people music. You know, it's like Ray Conniff and uh, see a lot of Al Hurt. Uh, and I don't even know who that is, but it's you oh, see enough great Al trumpet, Hurt. Great trumpet player. Don't yeah. sleep on Al Hurt. I, I'll tell you that. That's one that you might actually enjoy. But but a lot of Ray Conniff, a lot of uh, Roger Whitaker, uh, some uh, some big names. Obviously. Lots of Bill Cosby's, which which either when you see a lot of something, either means nobody gave a shit about it or they printed yeah. so many that now they're just so common. Well, yeah, well, it's that one's like both, you know, people are getting yeah. rid of them and they sold millions, you know, yep. but um, so, you know, you're not going to find a vein of good condition Led Zeppelin and ACDC in a uh, in a record bin at a Goodwill. So, I mean, sometimes it happens. I've I've seen freshly uh, put out Beatles reissues on vinyl for, you know, Goodwill prices. Mm-hmm. Perfect condition. I mean, it's happened. It, uh, so I always look. But I I sell records in my booth and um, at the uh, antique mall. But I also, you know, I'm a collector, too. But I've streamlined my collection or was forced to uh, a few years back just to, you know, just to make money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I still, you know, there's a core part of my collection that will never change, which is like, you know, old jazz, old blues, things that are hard to find. Um, but uh you know, I'll, I'll take a chance on if I if I think the cover looks great, I'll just, you know, and, and look and what era it is and what kind of music it is. I don't like I bought, a, <laughs> I bought an album by Jimmy McGriff called Red Beans. And the cover was just this huge, you know, massive red bean thing. And I was like, this has got to be great. And it was because it's like, you know, jazz or yeah, jazz organist, uh, funky. You know, yeah, just you know kidney beans on the cover. It's, it's yeah, it's, yeah just you just poured a can like of the, beans out and took the cover. Right, literally, the it's, <laughs> it takes up the entire cover. Red beans, Jimmy McGriff, and a, and a Pete Townsend record. And they, the guy had four on both of them. And I said, Would you go seven for the pair? And yeah. I, I, I'm on principle, I made them knock a buck off. Yeah, yeah, that, that if this were American Pickers, it would have cut away right now. And you would have said, What a bundle is is when a guy puts two things together and gets a sale. Like they have to explain that, right, like what right. bundling is every single episode. Um, that's well, how that's I what found, I like about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say just buying artists that you're like, this is cool. I totally judge it by cover, but like some, something like uh, Uriah Heap, you know, right. it's, and it's, yeah. it's like, Oh, this is $4. So if, if it sucks, I'm out $4. <laughs> yeah. Nazareth. Mm, yeah. Let's see what Nazareth, Nazareth was. Let's see what Nazareth was all about. Yeah. Where you just put it on. And that's that's very rare. You know, nowadays you just listen to music on your phone and it's you know, you, you go to the oh, here's the single because it's got the star next to it. Let's listen to that. And then when it doesn't capture my attention in 30 seconds, I'm on to the next thing. Well, Sometimes yeah, you when you that full album experience. Right. Right. And also, you know, look at the label that it's on. Like if you know, you know, if you start to develop some knowledge about labels, you know, you know that, uh, you know, if you find like uh, Blue Note was a jazz label and then, uh, you know, uh, Verve was a jazz label. I mean, if you start familiarizing yourself with the labels and you go, okay, here's this totally here's this artist. I have no idea who it is, but it's on this label where all this other good music is around it. It's probably pretty good. When you when you buy a record, uh, let's say somebody's new to buying records, what do, what do you look for in a record if it's used? You pull it out, check the the sleeve and the the condition. What do you do? I don't care about like the shape of the cover generally, and you know unless it's been gnawed on or whatever. But um, yeah, just you know, no deep. It can have a little light surface scratches here or there, but like nothing deep, and you know just like you know condition is everything because you know i i like my record player and uh i don't want to ruin my needle by you know putting something on it that's garbage but you know it's funny i do have a kitchen record player a nice portable and i will when i wash dishes i listen to music on that and all my records that are in bad condition i play it on that because it's a shitty needle anyway yeah what you got there's nothing to lose 
(laughs) Yeah. So I have two separate little stacks of uh, vinyl, but um, you know, I I think the most I've ever paid for an album is $20. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and some, some of these records you go into like a legit record store and they got the wall of, Oh, this is, four hundred dollars and some people might think oh i had that same record but then reality you don't you don't have that right you have this guy has the first pressing of the electric prunes second lp which is much rarer than the first you know this guy's you know knows all the ins and outs you're never going to get a deal at a record store you know generally no generally uh unless they decide to do a closeout where they're selling a bunch of stuff you know they have a dollar two dollar bin or something like that what uh, has, you know, since we talked maybe a couple of weeks ago, has there been a, a change in um, trends as far as what people are looking for or an upswing in stuff that's more popular now? Well, I, it's not really my cup of tea, but I have sold a few, this, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it, this boho phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the bohemian, uh, a lot of things with, uh, a lot of thatched things and uh what do they call that uh um uh wicker stuff wicker furniture yeah. with floors and but i mean uh you know a nice like a almost a wicker lamp that mm-hmm. like a hanging lamp uh yeah i've sold a few things like that that uh you know i, I swore i'd never get into that side of it but um because i'm kind of you know i I'd like to keep it like my favorite kind of stuff is that, you know, far out space age, you know, weird designed orbs and uh, plastic furniture and, you know, mirrored, (laughs) mirrored stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, uh, Oh, there's this. So anyway, but like, if you can make money on, if you see something and identify it, that it's only $10 and you know, it's, you can get 50 for it. You know, all of a sudden I'm in that business, you know, but yeah, as dude, long as I mean, vintage, I mean, I don't put things, I really do my very, very best to, to, to not put anything that's like uh retro, you know what I mean? Made today designed to look like, you know, I'm not trying to fool anyone. I'd like to be as, uh, uh, you know, as knowledgeable and, uh, honest with anyone who's buying something and tell them, you know, if it's the, if I have a lamp and the shade is old, but the lamp's not, I'll, you know, I'll say that. So. Yeah. Um, it's, there's nothing worse to me. And you go to a flea market or there's a covered uh, bridge festival that we go to every year. And these, these mass produced uh, retro things. And it's like, well, you got seven of them. It's not special. <laughs> and part of this yeah. thing is limited. That's part of the appeal of some things, you know? Right, right. These things, if they survived the 40 years, you know, now here's one sitting there. And if it's yeah. a functional thing, like a lamp or a record, play, that's even more marvelous to me, like a radio that still works. Is, the, you yeah, know. Like, like wires and stuff that mice could eat, you know. <laughs> right. That's, to me, that's always been fascinating. And then, you know, there's the people who think you're in the, you know, oh, there's an antique place right down the street and they send you this place and it's all these this primitive crap with like, you know, a goose that says bless this house on it. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not what I want to be associated with ever. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm also not a snob about it, but like I just can't I can't even look at that stuff, you know, for more than uh, a minute and a half. Yeah, I've accidentally wa- thought I was walking into an antique place and I will look around and it's just. Yeah, it's the uh, farmhouse chic type, and you're like, "Mm." I just, I, that escapes me big time. Why anyone would want that to be their look, but now takes all kinds. How do you feel about? Because when I say like the mass-produced stuff, there was a couple things that my wife and I kept seeing, and it would be like the, this, the stereotypical mammy, black lady, big red lips, and this was like. A mat. This is a new thing. Like these are new products people had made mass produced. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why? There's no reason for that at all. But then also, maybe it's, maybe it's a vintage one from whatever. How do you feel about stuff that's like a? It's the Sambo character, the Mammy, where it's like this clearly racist. But also, what should what should be done with that type of stuff? 
Look, uh, to a kid who grew up on Uncle Remus tunes, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, I mean, to me, it's always going to be uh, repulsive to me. Um, and uh, I don't understand why people collect it. And I and you're right. It's baffling that people are trying to do reissues of it. Yeah, I mean, that's really like, you got nine of these. What? Who's, who wants <laughs> yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad enough that they're out. You know that they're out there and people deal in that. It's like you know people that deal in that's you know one of the disturbing things when you go to like an antique mall and you see the you know you see the weapons guy who's got you know old Nazi stuff and you know I mean man why is that your chosen you know, trade. I don't, I've never understood that. As a matter of fact, one time I was at a, I was at a uh, antique, what was it? Antique show uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, really early on in my interest in this. And uh, a guy was, had a bunch of war memorabilia and I'm looking at this guy's case and I'll never forget this because he's got a box and in the box, it's got like a little hacksaw and like an old, uh, like uh, cloth bandage and like uh, some other implements, medical looking. And I'm like, what is it? And I realize it is a Civil War uh, amputee kit. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that is the weirdest thing to be involved with as a guy setting up at a show, putting that on a table. I mean, I can't tell you how weird that is to think that what may have happened with that very, you know, kit, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's interesting, but how much does a bone just, saw go for John? <laughs> with, you know, still in box. Are we talking still in box? <laughs> That's what the, uh, yeah. Uh, it's like, it, I think at the time it was like 12 or $1,300. Wow. Like, and uh, there's a fine line between like, this is a historical thing, but then also it's a bone saw or it's a, the Sambo type. And it's a black guy eating watermelon. And like, I don't I don't know what you do with that. Cause to me, to even try to sell that, I get, I get maybe you bought it in a lot and you're like trying to make some, some dollars off. But I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know that you should break it. I don't know. But then also, I don't know that you should be like, you want to buy this stereotype thing, you know, like it's very weird to me that 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 like you said, that's somebody's chosen thing of like, let me get these cookie jars, these racist cookie jars. <laughs> and also the right, thought that but- a cookie jar is racist to begin with. Like, You know, it was funny, like, I, first of all, I do not I love a good cookie jar. One of the things that uh, Andy Warhol was really into was cookie jars. And, and collected them by the hundreds, uh, old ones, antique ones that looked interesting to him. And when he died, that was one of the big like auction things. People, people had to like, people were paying, you know, way over market price because it was a cookie jar that Andy Warhol deemed uh, <laughs> worthy Special, of. His, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of those weird things. I, I would have loved to have seen what they looked like. Because I, I have a couple, I have a, you know, I have a grotesque clown. A way over the top, happy '60s kid. A uh, couple cutesy animal ones, like mm-hmm. you know, big color though. We're talking oranges and lime greens. Have you have you found other things that besides a bone saw that you'd been like not repulsed, but like this is not in my wheelhouse, and who would buy this ever? <sighs> there is a guy. Uh, and I hope this never gets back to him. There's a guy in, in the, the very antique mall that I set up in. Um, and he, uh, and, you know, this is a great place because it's, it's called Miller's Crossing Flea Teak in Pittsburgh. And it's like, it's, you know, it's a giant thing with, you know, hundreds of dealers have booths. And it's, you know, it's, if you like old stuff, you like putzing around in that kind of environment, it's perfect. But you know people get crafty you know you give someone too much free time they get crafty on you mm-hmm. this man does uh, art with i assume it's a man uh, maybe that's on me but he uh i believe he he does art with horseshoes he takes the horseshoes and uh, either welds i think he's welding them together in the shape of 
you know, people and animals and, you know, there's paint on them in some cases. And it's really, I always, I always go in there. I always stop and look at it because it's, it's absolutely puzzling. Like how this is, how this, I mean, I wonder, does he sell these? Do people buy them? Is he just like, this is just showing them off? Yet somebody, you know, somebody's buying the, the, I, in my head, I would call that like uh, junkyard art, which it's not, but it's also like, oh, they made a guy out of a, a rake and he's got <laughs> eyes or whatever. I like that kind of stuff, but a horseshoe, maybe oh, not so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the good folk art piece. Uh, me and my uh, girlfriend were shopping at an antique mall and we saw a basset hound made out of gourds and it was so cute. She almost started crying. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I'm like, honey, you're going to have to get a hold of yourself. She's like, oh, my God. And the ear, ears are these dangling gourds. Yeah, dude, it is, it's hard to look at a basset hound and not just feel. Yeah, no, like, she's got it bad. She's got it bad for the basset hounds. She will she will get going on that. I, uh, um, another guest of the of my show, Stuart Huff, is a collector as well. And he's always talked about like fun- funeral hair wreaths. Or like pictures of like, oh, we're getting ready to bury this person back in the day. Let's clip some hair to have something to remind ourselves of them. Do you ever come across anything like that? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Actually, well, we were, me and my friends were commissioned to uh, go through a house that was about to be where everything was going to be thrown away. Yeah. And the guy knew that we had a store. I had a store for a while in Pittsburgh that was uh, called Funky Junk. And, um, but it was attached to this barber shop. And the guy who owned the barber shop knew a guy who had a house that was all this. Stuff. So we went through it and um, found some really great stuff. Um, old pennants, baseball pennants, and, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers autographs. My God, and, that uh, I would, yeah, that's no, was, the yeah, thing that I want is, I almost stopped in Pittsburgh on the way home a few days ago to go to the Mr. Rogers Museum. This oh, didn't yeah. happen, but I I know you live in Pittsburgh. I yeah, probably would have stopped at your your booth too. But I'm like, you can't beat Mr. Rogers. That's that's yeah. You if know. you're ever you know, well, well, I'm sure it'll happen where uh, you know you're in town and I'm uh, I'm just not doing nothing. So we could do that, and uh, the the actual studio that he did those shows in is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so it had it yielded a lot of good stuff, but it also yielded the ashes of uh, a family member. And we're like, what do we do with this? And mm-hmm. we go, well, no, none of nobody's throwing that out. You know, that's the worst juju I've ever. Yeah, you know, this is already. You know, so luckily I have stand-up friends, good good friends. Actually, Shannon Norman, I don't know, a comedian from Pittsburgh. It's a very funny guy, but he he you know, took it upon himself to track down the, you know, whatever living relative to give it to. And uh, thank God we did that because, it, you know, it, it did put a, a damper on, you know, what was like a, you know, ah, I can't believe all the stuff we're finding. This is, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, once every two months, there's a new story of ashes being donated to, to Goodwill. And either by mistake or could you know? Oh, we got to clean this house out. This is our job. No, not family related. Maybe we didn't know that it was ashes, but it's surprise. It's a surprising amount of people <laughs> yeah. that get donated to Goodwill or just never picked up from the funeral home. I've noticed that. I noticed that. And it's um, I, I don't know. Some people you, they might think, oh, if you're dead, you're dead. That's not you know. That's dust. But then also some people like, you know, that's dad. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know that, you know, the those uh, the Goodwill outlet store, which I've, um, you know, long been a fan of the, those. I see people go through the purses in those bins, you know, just, you know, every little pocket to make sure somebody didn't, you know, leave a hundred dollar bill or an emergency 50 in there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we all do that with our own winter coats. Uh, Oh, here's a 20. I didn't know, you know? Yeah. 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 You, you mentioned going through that dude's house and it reminded me when I was a kid, my, my parents had like eight different side hustles, but one of the side hustles they had. (laughs) That seems, it seems to have had no effect on you. 
<laughs> no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they would fix bikes up and sell them in the front yard. And, you know, through knowing people, they this guy died and his family was like, yeah, he's got a bunch of bikes. And what, what he would do was he would fix these bikes up and then just not sell them. So he owned the house next door. So you walk into this two-story house and literally from floor to ceiling is just bikes, really nice fixed up bikes. And then you go through the garage and it's like just boxes of the handle grips and reflectors and tubes, inner tubes. And they bought all this stuff. And even before they put it on the trailer, my dad was selling stuff to neighborhood people because it was oh, such wow. nice, like three wheeled bikes, the tandem bikes, like the two seater bikes. Um, Any of those uh, expensive Schwinn stingrays or uh, apple yes, crates or stuff like that, where it's got the shifter Wait, in the middle. You're the, kidding I, me. Yeah, just and that was back, you know. 25 years ago i was just barely even remember right this, but um, you know the value of those are you know it's astronomical what those uh this banana seat chopper bikes the schwins go for it's it bananas the market's like 1500 yeah. 2000 for one of those original or, or more if it's got all the original stuff mm-hmm. and it was just buzz- like this guy just it was a literal house full of bikes and that's, that's how when not- I was a kid, I would get a new bike every year as far as like, oh, this this new one came in that I like. I'll get this. You can sell this one. So it was like I had a motorcycle bike, one of those plastic looked like a motorcycle. Yeah, those ones. were really cool. It had a, Did it have the front uh, number on it? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't have yeah. The number. It was just very I had my pick of bikes and that's, you know. But that just reminded me of like, oh, somebody died. We got to get rid of this stuff. And, uh, you know, that's it's not it's to me, it's not predatory because it's like we got to we got to sell this house and nobody wants bikes, you know, <laughs> but it was just it's, it's a very weird thing to just be like, I got to get rid of this so I could sell this house. Who do I even contact? You know, wow. Um, you know, I remember the first kid in my neighborhood that had that that motorcycle bike. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is just a game changer, isn't it? Yeah. And for a kid, you know, a, bi- a bike is everything to me. Right. And then you get the, the bump up in a bike and you're like, man, I like that so, thing could go down a mountain is what I yeah. thought. Well, and, you, and I forgot to t- talk to you about this last time you hit, you owned a store. You said funky junk. You, you know, now you've got some booths, but you owned a, like a, or at least leased a brick and mortar thrift store. Well, the arrangement we had, this guy was already paying rent on the space that was next to the barbershop. Mm-hmm. So we did a uh, 60-40 split in my favor, and I paid no rent. And it was just a small little, uh, you know, place next to it that was supposed to be a salon or something. So that's where I got my, my feet wet, um, you know, like, I've done eBay for years, but that's the first time I've ever, you know, put mm-hmm. stuff out, price stuff merchandise things what what do you think is the driving factor for people to get a brick and mortar place anymore is part of it storage yeah yeah i would i would think uh, that's a good part of it unless you want to be overrun with this stuff which you know i currently just about am but it's much uh, easier to buy it than to list it like you buy a whole bunch well, of right, stuff right. And then, you know right and then now now i'm doing is i'm making videos showing what i paid for what i'm gonna sell it for and so you know until i'm ready to record you know some new videos this stuff just sits here mm-hmm. which you know it could be making me money instead of like uh, but i'm on this video schedule where i'm determined to show people how easy it is to like to do anybody could really you know i mean you could make hundreds of dollars a month just like kind of being you know aware of your surroundings and you know saying oh that's what that guy was talking about like the, a good example is that mary mushroom sears stuff it's yeah, very popular it your video and it's you know the, the stuff looks cool so cool well yeah i mean it's like people that that's what happens is people go oh my my mom had that and uh you know they want to they want to revisit that feeling of seeing that in their kitchen every day and uh, I dig that a lot, you know, because it's cool to be the, you know, the guy who's fine and stuff. And a lady just told me 
this is really weird. I'm on a roll in the picking sense because a lady uh, messaged me, saw my post about my booth and said, do you have any Merry Mushroom stuff? And I said, uh, no, I had a napkin holder and I've sold the canisters, but I don't have anything right now. She goes, all I need is the creamer set. The, you know, the sugar bowl and the creamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be damned if I didn't go and my trip down to Maryland uh, last last uh monday i found the thing in southern pennsylvania the cre- just the creamer set mm-hmm. nothing else so i'm gonna i'm gonna send her a message and say hey about that creamer set yeah that's I know, I, you know I found yeah it. yeah we're on to something here I'll, I'll sell it to because you know i looked at ebay and the, just the creamer set you know sold for 35 plus shipping so if mm-hmm. she wants to get it via the internet she's looking at 45 bucks i can do better than that yeah yeah, and have and hold on to it for less than a week, you know. Yeah, you, you it's yes, it's one thing to buy it and knowing you know it eventually sell, but it's another to be like, this is in the door and out the door. Yeah, and the longer you do this, the more you can like you can in a in a goodwill or whatever situation, flea market situation, you can use your eye and be like, man, I know those sell for this amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know those you know those rain lamps, those oil lamps where it drips down. Yeah. Those are a huge niche market in in vintage things. People love those things because it's so kitschy and weird where the little beads of oil drip around the goddess and there's some weird plastic shrubbery in there. Uh, those things go for two, 250, 300 sometimes if they're ever, real nice. Do you ever find like true vintage uh, lava lamps? Because my grandpa had one and I just, it was an orange one and I always think about it and it's since, you know, busted or broken or whatever, but it was like, you can, you can get a lava lamp today, but it's not right. that lamp that he had, you know? If I told you that there was one on my nightstand, <laughs> uh, gold with the, the larger base and the holes in the base, uh, would you believe me? I would, and I, I would, do, I do, would. I do absolutely, and I found it in a thrift situation, you know, like five, six bucks, and uh, it still works. That's yeah, that that kind of stuff, and again, that all goes back to, oh, my grandpa had it. I would like to have that. There's so much in this nostalgia, whether it's you know from ten years ago or your grandpa had it in the kitchen type thing, where it's like, man, there's so everybody's trying to relive something that they 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 once had and have lost well you know this all started for me basically like when i would do comedy gigs i'd go out on you know in every different town i'd check out their goodwills and come back with a pretty nice haul and then when you know pandemic went down and i was just like well this is the closest thing (laughs) to to a skill that i have at this point let's go let's go and Mm -hmm. uh and it blossomed. I mean, I'm really, I'm really uh, surprised because, you know, like if you've never had a booth in a flea market or a uh, an antique mall before, you know, you hope you have the things you're finding and you know what you're doing and you have good taste and people will buy it, you know, but there's no guarantee of that. So when I went into it, I was like, yeah, maybe I'm the only one that thinks this stuff is, you know, awesome. And then I found out that people were, were you know, scooping it up like yeah. i had some really big months and i'm like oh boy this is you know i'm gonna have to report this to the irs this <laughs> that's, is legit that's how you know now. you're doing well when you gotta is... not lie about it <laughs> right right this is legit now um oh, i went we... legit kid too legit before i we wrap up i do i think i said to you last time off air because i forgot about it but have you ever seen a wicker coffin no that's we a saw, yeah we saw one at a, my wife and i at a at a local antique mall and she was like don't touch that that's got bad vibes to it but uh it was you know that's for... a, to me that seems like it might have been custom ordered by stevie nicks <laughs> yeah she, I, she seems like a wicker coffin person yeah or, or either like uh like a pier 21 viking where they're gonna put it in the river and set it on fire but it was just very like 
Oh, that's clearly for a body. That's that's nothing right, else right. but that. Was this at an antique place? Uh, yeah, it's an anti- it's an antique mall, and you know, a uh, bunch of glass cases. Probably it, it was an old furniture store. That's what I asked because I was like, this place is so big. Um, but they had like a lot of mid-century modern furniture where it was like this thing's a thousand dollars and it's yeah, in yeah, pristine yeah. condition. But I'm like thousand dollars that's forget it i can't do that nobody can do that you know of course people can but this i didn't even look at the price tag of the wicker coffin but i was just like i don't even know who that's for but i know it's not there anymore well i you know i appreciate you having me but i did want to mention that one of the things that's happening is thrift stores are now in on it yeah meaning i walked into a thrift store in my neighborhood uh uh, called uh, Zicknacks, and they had a uh, this beautiful. I think Broyhill made this uh, set called Brasilia. It's a real famous. Uh, if you look it up, it's a real famous design furniture kind of. Uh, no pubic you, hair on that. Brasilia. Brasilia. <laughs> Brasilia. So um, uh, I walk up and I say, "How much is this?" And the the girl's like, she goes to check. See, how she comes back. It was a big dresser, you know, beautiful piece of this stuff. And she goes, it's eight, it's eight ninety five. Eight hundred and ninety five dollars. That's not even a thrift store. store. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, but people will pay twelve for it. People will pay for the right people in the right market. You know what I mean? It's worth more. It's probably worth more than eight ninety five, you know, but the people object to. You know, I used to sometimes pass on things in thrift stores that I felt like, well, that's too much for a thrift store. You know, they should. But, you know, if you look at the real value of it and, you know, clearly they know the value or they wouldn't be asking this. So it's actually worth a little bit more than what they're but they're just trying to get their you know piece of the pie, too. I bought a, an original Beatles mirror at a thrift store and paid 75 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Because online they're two fifty, like a giant Beatles mirror, you know, like era appropriate, nineteen seventy five. So my friend Jonathan uh, Findler, very funny comic, got a side gig at at Goodwill, and he was like, "Yeah, these the kids are in the back, and they got their phone, and you know, it's like there's not a secret what things are worth anymore." Yeah, 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 yeah. So. You got to find those things that fall through the cracks and, and uh, you know, and, and really it's about volume. You know, the more thrift stores you go to, the more it's going to pay off. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a numbers game. You know, if you go to 30, you're going to find stuff. And it's it's I think what you said last episode where you talked about the portable record player that you sold for six or seven or eight hundred dollars. You're like, this doesn't happen. Very yeah, often. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you find that occasionally, but more so it's probably I bought these 30 items and I'll be able to make 200 on it as opposed to 600 on just one item. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the uh, these these little items where you're making 12, 13 bucks a thing, those are in, in, a, in a booth at an antique mall. Those are your workhorse items. You know, you just if you can do that, you know, 17 times you've paid your rent. And then if you sell an $85 lamp or a $200 picture, that's when you're, you know, you start to see the money. Yeah. It's not, it's not about, you know, it's, it's, it's a man, it's, there's a lot more to it than I thought there was. I thought you just throw it in there, but you know, I've, I've gone, I've, I put, I put store-bought shelves in it, in the booth, Mm -hmm. like, uh, like hung them, you know, like uh, on the back wall, like boom, I've got things going up, uh, you know, 15 feet high in that thing. Well, and that you counts for something because I, I, you know, you frequent record stores or enough thrift store places and you're like, man, these record bins are packed so tight yes. that it makes no sense for me to even be in here. You know, like you can't <laughs> yeah. get to anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a real, that's a frustrating thing. And that's probably why I'm going to, I'm going to move into booth number two in the same mall, you know, just because I got too much stuff. I can't put it on in here. It would be unshoppable. Yeah. Where you feel like you're going to you, either you're making money because somebody knocked it over and broke it or because they just bought it because they wanted to buy it. You know, <laughs> you know, I always used to wonder if, if people did that on purpose, you know, 
put a vase on top of a, you know, on a Tonka tractor or Some something. Jing- yeah, Jenga so blocks. With- <laughs> yeah. Come on. I know your game. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, please plug your show and, uh, and anything else you'd like to. Well, every Monday it's on YouTube, Mid Mod Money. Uh, every Monday without fail. And uh, uh, also Mid Mod Money, uh, Instagram, and, uh, uh, you know, John Evans Comedian. Dot com, although I don't think I've updated that in a minute. I am coming out to the Midwest for a couple of things. I'm going to Mason City, Illinois. Yeah. That fun thing. Chris Spire, do you know him? I like that. Yeah, it's been a while since it's I've been back. One of the, like it's, it's a great time. It's always a great time. It's a small little town and people come out and watch comedy in this, uh, you know, on Main Street there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And, uh, uh, crackers in uh, Indianapolis crackers here, in yeah. August, the end of August. Hopefully, so do some Bob and Tom action and uh, and then plug the heck out of this mid mod mm-hmm. money show. I, I think I, I'm you know about to crack a hundred subscribers. Are you kidding me? It's work, man, to uh, to build something <laughs> from the ground up, and uh, it's that the hardest part is to create it and do it again and do it again, <laughs> like right. Because nobody's making you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about mid-mod money for me is I would be, I'm doing this anyway, you know? Yeah. Now I'm just, now I'm just recording it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would, I literally go to every thrift store in the world. And uh, now it's just like, hey, I'm going to let you into my world and maybe you can learn something. Yeah. And, you know, it's, again, these episodes that you're doing are, you know, t- 10 minutes a piece, maybe this is a very lunch break show. Oh, I got through three of them on my lunch break. Or it's right. Right. It's not yes, a huge no. commitment. You see a, a movie like three hours. They're like, well, I'll get to this in a year when I have three hours to set aside, but your stuff's very bingeable. You can watch them over and over again, not get tired of it because it's always something new. Yeah. It's 10. They're all just about 10 and under. And it is like a kind of a white trash antiques roadshow vibe. You know what I mean? Like this is, I am I am appraising and evaluating, you know, cool old shit from the 70s. And if you're into that, um, yeah, that's, this is for that show is for you. Every Monday I release a new one. So, yeah, check it out. Yeah, man. Mid Mod Money on YouTube. Thanks, John Evan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.